And we're back. Fantasy Football Yoda Podcast. Divisional round playoff week. I'm excited. Saturday morning. I'm with Dominique. Good morning, everybody. Let's get ready for the divisional round. Got two uh, today and tomorrow full of games, big games. I'm excited. And we also have a guest speaker, Steven. Steven, what's up, man? What's up, guys? Appreciate y'all having me once again. Thank you. Yeah, Steven was on the podcast last week. We had some technical difficulties getting that podcast loaded up. We'll recap our picks from last week. And we'll also touch on the head coaching hires in that situation. So we're just going to jump right into it. Dominique, lead us, man. Yeah, so I'm going to start off sour and talk about the dislike I have about the Jags. My Jags hiring Urban Meyer, a coach without any NFL experience. I thought the coaching pool out there was much stronger than Urban Meyer in the Brian Dables, Eric B. Enemies. I think that their resume speaks for themselves being Super Bowl winners. Um, I would have liked to, I think it would have been a sexier hire for Joe Brady to hire Joe Brady, man. And we didn't, I don't know even, I don't know if we even interviewed him. So to hire a guy without any NFL experience and the way that he's left Florida and Ohio State just doesn't sit well with me. So it's it's my least favorite hire of this offseason. But my most favorite is Robert Solid to the Jets. I think with the with the solid young defensive players they have, bringing in a defensive guy with energy and juice like he has, I think it's going to go very well. I really do. They decided to keep Sam Darnold. So to me, it seems like they are going to be one of those teams like we're going to create our identity on defense, you know, and just play stellar defense. Offensively, we're going to do enough, you know, to manage the game and keep us in it. And I think that makes a lot of sense. However, they might get a boost with the offensive coordinator they brought, um, LaFleur, and Maybe, I don't know, maybe they're a very balanced team. But nonetheless, I think Salah is a, a good fit for that um, that New York vibe. I think that the fans will take well to him. And the reason why is because of his energy and juice. And obviously the fans um, up there are, are, are very obnoxious and kind of match that energy. So I think it's a, a very good pairing. I really do. I, I give credit to Joe Douglas and... Um, the owner of the Jets. That was my favorite one. So I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah, Steven, what are your thoughts on all this stuff? Uh, first off, Joe Douglas, Richmond guy, go spies, roll spies, baby. Yes, sir. We are. But uh, just to piggyback on what Dom said, I love the hire of Salah. Like you said, it gives them much needed energy that I feel like Gase just drained from the organization. Yep. I mean, we can recall, it wasn't too long ago where Rex Ryan was – you know, fired up on the sideline and the Jets were actually doing something. So love to hire, get a defensive guy in there. Um, I think Salah, this is a bold, bold, very bold prediction, but he's going to use Bryce Hall as kind of that Richard Sherman type player that can really, Mm. you know, lock down one side of the field. So I I, I love what the Jets are doing. Um, I can't speak too much on Urban Meyer, Dom. I'm sorry, but uh, (laughs) I can see what they were doing. And y- y- y'all need some life. And, and, and Urban Meyer has a track record of winning. So if that's what it takes to pump some juice in y'all's organization, you should take it and run with it, man. So I wouldn't be too disappointed with that hire. Mm. Uh, my Broncos, we got our guy at GM, Patton. I love it. Um, I've only read good things about him. I don't know much about him, but I've only read good things about him. So I'm happy with the with the hire that we made. And um, I'm interested to see where the enemy goes. I really am. Um, I don't know what he's doing in his interviews or why teams aren't pulling the trigger on him, but right. um, that, that, that's very interesting to see that no one has picked him up yet. Can we like Who else is open? We got the Lions, right? Lions, Falcons, Texans. Chargers. I believe. Chargers, because Texans. That was, what, that was the point. Oh, Falcons got their guy, right? Oh, the Falcons. Yeah, the Falcons did. So Lions, Last night, Texans. Yeah. But that was what I was going to bring up was that maybe the only thing is that the enemy's in the playoffs and, you know, we're expecting the Chiefs to go pretty far. But I'm reading just this morning that the Chargers are expected to get Dable. 
who's still in the playoffs with the Bills. Right. So now it's really not adding up or making sense, and it almost seems that that vacancy is no longer a vacancy. But we also forgot the Eagles too. And oh yeah, oh oh, I love the Eagles to take them. Yeah, that would be pretty good. That would be awesome. I mean, Doug Peterson was an Andy Reid guy. You, you get a new Andy Reid guy in there who can potentially tap into Jalen Hurts' potential. So I, yep. I don't like, I don't mind the Eagles one bit to pick up the enemy. Yep. I like that. What do you think, E? Yeah, I think the whole playoff schedule messes up these hirings. I don't like it. I think it it's a, a disadvantage for all the coordinators who are still in the playoffs, like the enemy. Um, I really like, I mean, I told you, I think the Chargers is my, is my best spot. So, I mean, Dable goes there with Herbert. I mean, I think that's a slam dunk. I really do. I agree. And the Lions, they are rumored to be taking the Saints tight ends coach or special right. assistant. I don't, I don't, I don't know his title. That's right. Um, I don't really know about that. I'm kind of surprised Raheem Morris hasn't uh, garnered more interest from teams. I think he did a really nice job with the Falcons down the stretch. Um, That's kind of my take on the whole situation. Uh, The Eagles interviewed Deuce Staley. Not really sure how I feel about that. I'm not not really sure how I feel about the Arthur Smith hiring, to be honest. Um, The players talked highly about him on the Titans, but... I thought there were some better options, but I don't know. I'm not really in those organizations, like, with those coordinators every day. I kind of just see the results on the field. So, I like the Urban Meyer hiring, though. I do like that. I I think he's going to do some good things. I don't think it's a bad hire. Worst case scenario, I think he's an average hire. He does well. He's not going to lose. He's got too much pride. He's going to instill that in the Jaguars. So, they're going to win some games in Jacksonville. Um, I can't think of anything else. Am I missing anything? I don't believe so. Maybe I am looking at this Urban Meyer thing a little wrong. And I do see the glass half full from the, I really appreciate that he is kind of, if you will, a head coach as opposed to like, you know, an offensive coordinator acting as a head coach or a defensive guy, you know, acting as a head coach. So Right. I like that. I, I agree with you on the Arthur Smith thing. Like, I really like what he's doing in Tennessee, but is it really that hard when you have Derrick Henry, you know, like I think the positive with him is that at least he knows, you know, what to do. He's not, you know, um, messing it up over there where it's just like, just give, just give him the ball and run play action off of it. They don't try and get too tricky and it works, but yeah, is he that creative? I don't think it was a sexy hire for sure. Um, So I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah, anybody else? Steven, you got anything else to add to finish this uh, segment off? No, no. I think we, we hit it pretty much everything. Um, ready yeah, I'm to get with to these you. Predictions. Yeah, let's recap last week. Steven, if you want to go ahead and talk about... Talk about talk about how you picked the Browns and were the, was the only one to pick the Browns to go oh, into man. Pittsburgh. Oh, um, to, to all the listeners, it's so unfortunate that we weren't able to get the audio up because when I tell you guys, E. Wright was pressuring me for my upset pick, and I just hit the nail on the coffin with the Browns. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Let's go. Uh, I, I, I was telling Neat time and time again, you got to be able to run the football when the playoffs come around. Yep. All right, you got to be able to run the football. And and who's the best team at running the football besides the Titans and the Ravens? And the Ravens. It is the Cleveland Browns. Statistically, they were number one, They can one run too. the football. And who's one of the worst teams? The Pittsburgh Steelers. So, to me, that was an easy pick. No matter – I don't care. All the circumstances surrounding the Browns last week, they didn't have their head coach. They had a couple of players on the COVID list. Miles Garrett was a little banged up coming back. It didn't matter. They still had Nick Chubb, and they and they still had Kareem Hunt. And Baker Mayfield is playing excellent football right now. He's not turning over the football. So, to me, they were still in position to pull off that win. They were able to. It made me look like a prophet, even though I'm not. <laughs> but 
you know, you got to be able to run the football. And I, and I brought it back to the Broncos. A few, I think 2014, we lost to the Colts. We could not run the football to save our lives. Mm. We couldn't run the football. We, we got beat up by the Seahawks in the Super Bowl because we couldn't run the football. They could run the football. Mm. What do we do the year that we win? We take the ball out of Peyton Manning's hands, and we start running the football more, and we're able to win a Super Bowl. So to me, that is one of my unwritten rules. Maybe not an unwritten rule, but you got to be able to run the football in the playoffs. So I give, I was very happy with that. Pick. I give you, I give you even more credit because you didn't waver or get intimidated by us, um, you know, kind of ganging up on you, if you will, and both of us picking Pittsburgh without a doubt. So I give you credit, man. Yeah, big time credit on that, Steven. Um, who else did you had? You had all chalk after that. You had Buffalo. Yeah, I think um, at Buffalo Seattle. Ravens. Yeah, the the only the only thing I missed was uh, the Rams beating Seattle, but I think we all picked Seattle, right? Yeah, we did. So, yeah. Were your picks? If you want to recap for the listeners. Yeah, so uh, I had Buffalo winning by three. I was pretty excited about that because it was very very close. Um, to my score prediction, also I had twenty eight twenty five. It came out twenty seven twenty four. Um, little frustrated that I didn't pick either of the upsets because I had seen a few years back that the majority of the time there is an upset in the playoffs. It's that three versus six matchup and both sixes beat the three on wildcard weekend. So I was, I was a little frustrated that I didn't see that or, or pick at least one, the Rams or Cleveland. And then uh, pick both fives to win. Those were the two upsets that I did have. If you if you look at them as upsets, Tampa Bay and Baltimore. I'm happy. E, you talked about Tennessee being phony all year. I'm happy that I didn't go with that defense. Oh my gosh, they're terrible. Yeah, I'm proud they're of you. On that. <laughs> they're terrible. And then uh, yeah, New Orleans, Chicago just wasn't even entertaining. Oh. Huh. Uh. Man, I was really excited. I was watching the Colts game. I picked the Colts to win. And Buffalo, Buffalo's the better team, no doubt. But I thought it was just a spot where the Colts were going to get a sneak up on them and get one, and they almost did. Buffalo was sleepwalking that first half. Um, and then Indy had a couple really bad coaching decisions by Frank Reich. Uh, didn't kick a field goal from, like, fourth and goal from the five, yeah. basically. and. I mean, it was just bad coaching. Just <laughs> it was awful. Oh my gosh! And then the Seahawks. I, I think I just I don't know. I I should have known. I totally forgot the Rams had the Seahawks number. So I kind of just thought Russell Wilson. You know, he was just gonna take care of business. That didn't happen. Um, the Ravens took care of business. Felt pretty well. No, wasn't taking care of business. They had to work for it, but. Really happy with that. The Saints game wasn't entertaining. Um, what was the Saturday night game again? Washington and Tampa. Oh, Tampa. That was a. Well, it was kind of close at the end, but Tampa. Everyone, any, anybody watching that game knew Tampa was in control. Shout out to Heineke at the end can, there. Can we give Taylor Heineke some credit? For sure, man. I mean, yeah. that, he bought out, man. Shout out, shout out to yeah, Taylor Heineke. Seen firsthand, right, boys? Thweet said. Uh, Coach Scott, he was—he almost came to Richmond. I think it was yeah. between us and ODU. And we uh, took he... Cormac Craigie. <laughs> right, 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 him. right. I love him though. Cormac was the guy. He was cool. SoCal. <laughs> yeah, we Beach blonde him. hair. All those guys <laughs> look alike, right? And act alike. Look at—I mean, yeah. He looks like Jared Goff a little bit, as far as just like the. Yeah, blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, of course, the Steelers—they blew it, man. I was like, I was fuming. Shouldn't even see me. I was texting my best friend. It's also a Steelers fan, and man, it was awful. And then when Tomlin didn't go for it on fourth and one, I really believe if he went for it on fourth and one and they scored a touchdown there, it would have been game over for Cleveland. They would have been so shook. They would have been like, dang, we really blew a 28-point lead and we're down five. I mean, we're only up five now. We had all the momentum, but. Take a take a little more time, such as life. if you want, and, and really tell us what you were thinking during that game. 
it was just it was just really that fourth and one. I mean, well, I mean Tomlin, no, I mean Tomlin mismanaged that whole thing, man. I mean he didn't go for two. He was down twelve. I mean he wasn't. I don't know. He he didn't coach a really good game. Maybe he was just shook and like shocked, like they were down twenty eight nothing like that and down twenty five at halftime. Like he he wasn't thinking straight. But at that point, I mean he went. They were down by twelve. He should have went for two and got. 11 then it's a two possession game but he was down 12 going into the middle of the third quarter and then that fourth and one you're still down 12 so if you don't get the fourth and one you're still in good position because it's still a two possession game if you hold them to a field goal you're only down 15 points at that at that point right so for him to punt the ball there it was just it was really stupid it was like one of his worst coaching moments ever um but anyways I'm ready to talk about this week, man. Let's get into it. First game, the Green Bay Packers hosting the Los Angeles Rams. Let's kick it to Steven. Steven, what's your pick? I I like the Packers in this one, boys. I I really do. I love what they're doing on offense this year. Um, You know, Devontae Adams, he's a beast. And this matchup with Jalen Ramsey, I think all football enthusiasts, should really appreciate what we're about to see. Right, this is I can't the wait. number one wide receiver going up against the number one corner in the league. This is truly, truly going to be special. And the number one wide receiver has the MVP of the league throwing him the ball. So really, this is going to be a testament to just how special of a player Jalen Ramsey is. But um, that's really and truly the second best corner in the league might be on the other side going against uh, Cooper Cup right. and Robert Woods. So this is really going to be a special game. But I do like the Packers to pull this one out in Lambeau Field. Um, if I have to give a score to it, I think it's going to be low scoring. I really do. I think it will be 21-18. to 18. The Rams lose a close one on the road to the Packers. I'm ready to start my predictions 1-0. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, Steven, real quick. It's interesting. Aaron Rodgers, when he played Seattle back when the Legion of Boom was there, he did not throw to Richard Sherman's side. What do you or do you think they're gonna go after Ramsey? I, I do. I mean you you have to because we all know he's gonna be shadowing um Devontae, but I mean, they line him up as the number three receiver. They motion him. You know, they find ways to give him the ball. So I think – and that's a credit to LaFleur and, and his play calling. Um, I think they'll find a way. They'll target Ramsey. I mean, you know, Ramsey was guarding D.K. Metcalf, and D.K. got, you know, upwards to seven, eight targets. So I think Devontae will get peppered like he usually does. Um, will he be as effective as he normally is? That's to be determined. You know, that's that's why Jalen Ramsey yeah. gets paid the big bucks. But uh, we'll see. I, I definitely think that Rodgers won't shy away from giving his number one guy the ball. And I don't know if I said Jair Alexander when I was talking about the corner on the other side. But, yeah, yeah. Jair Alexander, um, he's very special, having a very, very special year. So that's what I was referring to. Yeah, he is. Dom, what's your pick in this one? You got an upset for us? I do not. I'm going with the Packers. Um I'm trying to figure out if I want to dub this uh, the best game of the week. I'm certainly dubbing this the most interesting slash intriguing for a few reasons. Yes. Um, just anytime Lambeau Field, playoff Lambeau Field is awesome to watch on TV. But this is a matchup you don't see often. You know, there's not a lot of familiarity between these two teams. Um, I can't ever really remember any... Uh, famous or historic Packer Rams games. Um, look, we're talking about, yeah, uh, first team all pro corner and Jalen Ramsey and a second team all pro corner and Jair Alexander. You know, there's some stars out there on the field for this one. And this is, this is the way we're kicking off divisional weekend. I really like this. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the game before I get into the prediction. I don't really see, I think the Packers are benefiting from that buy. Uh, so I think that they're going to be able to scheme that good LA Rams defense. Um, who knows? Is Aaron Donald a hundred percent? Probably not. Right. 
I think that's going to play. They say he's ready to go. Okay. And then do the Packers – I can't remember if Corey Lindsley, the center. He's going to play too. Okay. Um. So there are some very, very interesting matchups out there. I think the Packers are benefiting from the week off and, you know, being able to think in their – in their mind, how do we want to attack L.A.? Um, so I'm expecting to see Devontae Adams win that matchup against Jalen Ramsey. I kind of sound like a little bit of a hater since he's no longer a part of the Jags. I was very frustrated when that happened. Really happy that we got as much as we did for him. But uh, I, I just I just remember like in the Pittsburgh game, he wasn't ever really able to cover A.B., and so I wonder, like, is he as good as? Nah, he he intercepted. He was. He, I think he had. A, no, he was guarding AB, man. I mean, I just, I'm talking about a few of the matchups. 2017, we played him twice. I remember. Um, I just I don't know if he is that shutdown like we've seen, like we saw Gilmore be all last year, like we saw. Oh come on, Josh man. Norman be in 2015. Like, we always talk about Deion Sanders. I really don't know if he is that advertised, you know, Revis Island. I, I really don't. I I, get, I I will say that if I were to rank top corners, he'd be the number one, and he has been for the last three years. I definitely think he is very good. Is he that shutdown? What I'm trying to say is I think Devontae Adams is a more special player right now. So I think that he's going to win this matchup, not by a ton, but I'm giving him seven catches, I'm giving him 70 yards, and I'm giving him a score. And I think that's a clear win for the receiver. Um, but, yeah, Jalen Ramsey is able to make plays and and certainly well, have his uh, impact on I the game. Can I just butt in real quick before you uh, give your prediction, E? Yeah. Neek, uh, the DB is put at a disadvantage, especially when the receiver-quarterback combination – is the MVP and the number one receiver. So really and truly, it's not a matter of if Jalen will shut Adams down. He's not going to shut him down at all. Right. I just want to see him limit him and make plays on him and make it difficult for the Packers to get in that groove. Because when they're peppering Adams with targets and they start getting the run game incorporated as well, that's when the Packers are at their best. But if Jalen Ramsey breaks up two or three third down attempts where it's going to Devontae Adams where normally they continue to roll but he's able to disrupt them then I think he won that matchup so maybe he doesn't have to be that shut down corner but he has to make two or three plays to disrupt the Packers this game you're right that's that's just my opinion you're right I agree with that I was kind of also more talking about um the overall like curvy lockdown overall career or just you know what comes with Jalen Ramsey but um yeah, going back to this game though, I am I am gonna put my my chips on Devonte Adams making more big plays or third down plays or red zone plays. I am gonna put my chips. I'm not gonna. I don't know how many you know times we'll see them matched up, but I am gonna put my chips on you know Devonte Adams winning the bigger plays. Um, but we are we are also just completely disregarding the biggest thing you have to talk about with the Rams, and that's Jared Goff and how is he gonna play. Um, so right. I'm certainly going with the Packers, 32 to 25. I think they're able to run the ball, and I think Goff plays very average, just like we expect him to. Um, but the Packers come out, the Packers come out with the win in this one. Plus, they're just one of the other unwritten rules. I think you got to be the most complete team or the most consistent. Packers haven't lost since November 22nd. You know, I think we all can agree. The whole NFL, the whole world can. The number one seed, 13 and three Packers, are a more consistent team than the six seed, you know, 11 and six Rams. So 32 25 Packers. All right. Wait, you said 35. Hold on, hold on. What was the score? 30, 32 25. 32 25. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm with Steven. I don't think it's going to be that many points. I'll be pretty shocked if it is. Because uh, I think the Packers' defense is a little underrated. They have everybody back healthy. Kevin King has been playing the last month of the year. Jair Alexander came back from a, a little injury too. 
the their linebacker, what's his name, Kirksey, I think he's back. And so that Packers defense is a little underrated. I think they're going to play well today. Uh, just touching on the Jalen Ramsey thing, I don't want to talk about it too much because Steven and Dominique gave their take on it. I kind of side with Dominique where I don't know if he's locked down, like true lockdown corner. I think he's the best in the league. There's just three plays that stick out this year that I've been watching Jalen Ramsey. The Michael Gallup play first week of the season. Yep. Gallup had him beat. Yep. And then the Monday night game against the Bears, Anthony Miller did a stop and go on him. And he was out the gate if true uh, Foles could, could have put it on him. And then even last week, um, DK got loose and Russell overthrew him. I think I don't know if the safety had him. I think the safety rolled over to the short side of the field and DK was gone, man. Um, but nonetheless, every cor- every great corner gets beat a little bit. Uh, Ramsey's my number one corner in the league for sure. Yeah. Uh, to the game, I'm with Dominique. The Jared Goff situation, three weeks, not even three weeks from thumb surgery. And he's going to be playing in 20-degree weather tonight with that thumb. And if you saw, he was babying it, man. He was babying it last week. He had it, like, in his little – I don't know, man. (laughs) It was kind of weird. He was, like – he was, like – he was, like, petting it or something. It was was very odd. (laughs) And so, I don't know what he's going to do. And he was throwing the ball. It came out like a duck. I mean, it's got to be concerning. I mean, Blake Bortles could be in this game by half – by the second quarter. (laughs) I'm serious, man. It's 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 very it's a problem. But even with that shot, this game scares me a little bit because of McVeigh, and I just respect his. I mean, I told Dominique before the season started, I was like, Sean McVeigh and the Rams, I like them to do better this year. I didn't. I don't think I had them in the playoffs. I might have had them in the playoffs, but I was like, I respect McVeigh too much to figure out this offense this year. I I, I held him in that high regard and. Man, I think he's the wild card because that defense is going to frustrate Aaron Rodgers. I mean, good defense. The 49ers last year frustrated Rodgers. The Buccaneers this year frustrated Rodgers. So the only thing is none of those games were in Lambeau Field in 20-degree weather. So let's see how L.A. handles that. I'm with you guys, fellas. I think there's just a slight edge to the Packers, just very slight edge. And I'll have to go like 23 to 14, 23 to 17, maybe Packers over the Rams. Let's kick it to the next game. I, oh, man, fellas, I love all these games. Even the Kansas City-Cleveland game. I, I'm like really excited about all these games. Steven, Baltimore's going up to Buffalo. Do you have an upset? Uh, if you can call it an upset. I mean, I, wow. I the Ravens are – I, I love the Ravens in this game. I, I really do. I mean, if you wanna you wanna talk about a you know explosive offense and the Bills and the defense that can potentially slow them down, you gotta pick the Ravens. And as, as far as the teams left um, in the in the playoffs, and I think they're playing inspired ball. They're playing they're playing football to eliminate the narrative about Lamar Jackson. I think they, everyone on that, in that organization have heard people say Lamar Jackson can't win the big games. And I really feel like the whole team is picking him up. Um, You saw the receivers, Hollywood Brown was making plays uh, last game. Uh, And that's what last year when they played the Titans, their receivers had so many drops, but they were making plays last game, and, and I think we're starting to see a young star in J.K. Dobbins starting to establish himself as the number one guy, their, their, their bell cow, and then you come in with Gus Edwards, who imposes his, his will on defenses. I love what the Ravens are doing right now. Um, I think Lamar continues to play well like he's been doing for the last five weeks um, of the season, and, and they continue to roll. I like the Ravens to win by more than a touchdown. Even though I love Josh Allen, what he's been doing, I love what this Bills team did with the trade. Dom uh, alluded to it last week. Uh, given Josh Allen that number one receiver, how they weren't scared to go out and get him, 
and we see what they've been able to do. But I just love Baltimore too much. It might be because I moved close to Baltimore. I'm starting to get a little bit of that juice rubbed on me. But uh, well, <laughs> but uh, I, I love uh, Baltimore. I'm gonna say they win twenty seven to twenty. And I said more than a touchdown, so I'm gonna say twenty seven to nineteen. Interesting take, Steven. Dominique, do you have the upset? I do not. And let me not act so surprised that Steve picked the Ravens because I think that this one is uh, the most even matchup of the entire divisional round. This one is fairly hard to pick, but I am going to ride the wave of Bill's Mafia. I'm riding the wave. (laughs) Bills Mafia. They got them fans there. They're juiced up. They're energized. I have them winning by one point. I'm going Buffalo 24-23. And I agree with Steven. I think Baltimore has always been a team, uh, as long as I can remember, that is ha- that has a great chemistry, just teammates that love each other, that can just play above their ability at any time because they feed off each other, they trust each other. I agree. I think Buffalo's a a little bit similar to that. However, I just think it's more of a magical season that they're having, like like the entire organization, you know, with um, the fans being able to, first off, you know, clinching a home playoff game, the fans being able to be there even with COVID, Josh Allen's, you know, breakout season all of it i'm just i'm really really buying into it stefan diggs i think he's gonna win his matchup against marlon humphrey i'm going i'm going receiver heavy this weekend um and i'm just banking on that juice and that energy from buffalo to come through because both teams are on a six game win streak you know they've been playing good football as of late i really expected the ravens to Come on strong as they like they have. But I'm going Buffalo just under the 49 and a half points. If my math is correct. 24-23. It's right at 47 points. Bills Mafia. I am right with Steven in this game. Ah. Like literally everything Steven said, I am like Sir E. I'm D- yes, sir. I'm dumping the Kool-Aid on me. I'm drinking it afterwards, all what's, that stuff. What's wrong with you? Are you picking the rat birds two weeks in a row? <laughs> it's Harbaugh, and it's also they're built like the Steelers should be built. They run the ball. Exactly. It's bully ball. They play great defense, and they're in the underdog role. It's literally Harbaugh's like perfect playoff spot. He's, I think he's the best head coach road record i i think he has the best playoff road record nfl head coach in the history of the league um this is their spot man the bills defense is swiss cheese they're gonna have no problems and by the way i think gus edwards is the best running back on that team man his balance for his size he's he's good i mean he's 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 one of the best pure runners in the nfl man i mean he's probably like a top 10 pure runner like i want to hand the ball off to that guy and just let him go downfield um the thing that i'm nervous about is marcus peters he was on the injury report all week don't know how 100% he's going to be. I mean, against John Brown, um, I, I, I still think it'll be okay. It's going to be tough to get points on the Ravens. Um, the other thing to keep a tab on is the weather. It's going to be windy tonight. Oh, yeah. It's going to be 25-mile-per-hour gusts, sustained winds of, like, 14-miles-per-hour winds. So, I mean, anything over 20-mile-per-hour sustained winds, that's when it really starts affecting the ball. Um, It was like that against the Patriots earlier this season, that weather. But it it didn't affect throwing the ball too much, so I think the Bills kind of are escaping that. But nonetheless – this I, I I'm with Steven. I think the I think the Ravens are going to win by two scores. I got it 34-23. Ooh. 
Ravens over the Bills. Even with Lamar Jackson coming out and saying that he's never played in snow, I don't know if we'll get snow, but obviously you touched on yeah, the no weather. No snow today. Yeah, you touched on the weather. You you think he'll be comfortable with this cold weather? Yeah, he's going to be fine. Yeah, he, he's in Baltimore. You know, he, he's he's going to be fine. Um, I can't think of anything else in that game, man. Yeah, I I honestly I would be li- I'd be really surprised if Buffalo wins by more than a touchdown in this game. I really would. Um, let's, let's let's not forget, guys. You got to be able to run the ball to win in the playoffs. The Bills can La Zach run the Moss, ball. right? Right. And Zach Moss is out. Josh Allen can run the yeah, ball. They- Ah, come, on, bro. Josh Allen's not gonna be able to run the ball on that front of the of the uh, Ravens. He's not going to. Can and if he's you got to scramble on your tonight, can can we take a little poll here? Because I got a bold prediction, and yeah. we didn't we didn't even touch on the two um, the two quarterbacks with the most rushing yards since 2018 or whatever it is. So who has more rushing yards in this game, Lamar or Josh Allen? I'm going with Josh Allen. Is that even a – oh, man. It's Lamar easily by 40-plus by yards. 40-plus yards? Yes. Josh Allen Josh Allen runs the ball when he has to. Lamar runs the ball as part of the offense. Lamar's going to have over 100 rushing yards. Like E said, that Buffalo defense is Swiss cheese. They let, <laughs> they let Phillip Rivers move the ball on him. Come on now, man. Lamar by 40-plus yards. Easily. Yeah, I got Lamar winning it. I think it is going to be a little bit closer and not not by 40 just because I think Josh Allen's going to realize he can't throw the ball all day like he used to, and he's going to have to scramble, and he's going to get some yards. Um, and I think the Ravens are going to slow it down. I think they're just going to start handing it off. So I don't think Lamar's going to get huge chunk plays. But, yeah, Lamar's going to lead the game in rushing for sure. I'm getting excited then being – being by myself on this one, man. Let's go, Bills. Bills. It's a bad Mafia. spot for the Bills. Bills. Um, <laughs> let's go, Kansas City, Cleveland. Uh, Steven, do do you have the Browns again this week? They run the ball better. Oh, man. <laughs> the dog pound, the dog pound magic is up, boy. Uh, I'm not going to speak too much on this. I like Kansas City to come out and um, really make a statement that they're still the team to beat, and I like them to win twenty-four to ten. I, I think it's going to be a blowout. Twenty-four to ten. Jeez, yeah, I only, 10 I only say twenty-four because I think the Chiefs will want to sit their players, but they'll jump out. I, I I think it'll be a close first half. First half will be something like ten to three, and then you know the Chiefs will come out score twice. And you know, just milk it. Oh wow! Twenty-four to ten, Chiefs. Wow, Dom, do you have that? Uh, you only have thirty-four total points in this game. No, I have sixty total points. I'm definitely taking over. Sixty. Um, I got Kansas City thirty-seven to twenty-three. Um, I wouldn't dare pick Cleveland in this one. I just, once again, hats off to them. That's a, it's been a great season. And if I eat my words, I eat my words. But to win a playoff game that that in their playoff drought, it really has been an awesome season. But I'm going with Kansas City. I tried to keep it a little close. And every time I revisited this game, the margin of victory just got bigger and bigger for Kansas City. I'm taking it over. I think it has the most points in the weekend, I believe. Yep. For my predictions. Um, and, yeah, I think it's an exciting offensive game. Uh, long runs maybe from Cleveland and uh, a lot of passing yards from Mahomes, but not with you on that, Steve, with the low score, 37-23. That's a very low score, yeah. I'm sticking to it, though. I am a little concerned with the Chiefs in two spots. Their linebacker, rookie linebacker, Willie Gay from Mississippi State, He's going to be out. And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, not sure if he's going to play. He's a game-time decision. And then Sammy Watt. Sammy Watt's out. Sammy Watkins, I like to call him Sammy Watt. Um, So Cleveland's going to be able to run the ball. Cleveland's going to keep this close. I really think so. 
Uh, the Chiefs, I got a lot of points in this one, too. I got 34 to 27 Chiefs. And I wouldn't be shocked if Cleveland wins. I actually wouldn't. I mean, I'm not saying that just because of their Steeler game last week. I know they're pulling on offense. But the Chiefs have been sleepwalking. It's like, are they playing possum? You know, like, are they, what's going on with them? They haven't covered a spread in their last eight games. It's like... It's unheard of so I have no idea like are they going to take the Browns lightly because I feel like the Steelers took the Browns lightly and it was a playoff game and I also feel like Seattle kind of took the Rams a little lightly too in that first half you had Russell Wilson like having a meeting with his offensive line in the first quarter like hey we got to focus you know these teams still take these teams lightly so I don't know um, and Odell Beckham tweeted out, I mean, you could take that for what it's worth. He was like, don't be surprised when we win, you know, all this stuff, you know, he's talking. So I don't know. I think Patty, Patty Mahomes, he turns it on. I got 34 points at a minimum for the chiefs, 27 out of respect for the Brownies. I got, I got something else to say Look. about it, man. I just, I will continue to point out, we've kind of been, you know, hitting on a lot of unwritten rules. You don't show immaturity. Don't do it. I don't appreciate how Cleveland has handled beating Pittsburgh, continuing to mock them. I, I'm going to say that it's mocking. It's immature. I don't like it. You don't go to social media. I'm telling you, there is a trend. I can go back, <laughs> if you don't believe me, of teams that go to social media and do stuff like that. They lose. And it started with... You know, one of my best friends pointed this out to me. It started with your Steelers in 2016 after beating Kansas City, AB going on Facebook Live, losing. I one of the reasons I said Ohio State was going to lose as bad as they were because after they beat Clemson, they go to social media. I'm telling you all, start paying attention to teams that show immaturity. But neat. I'm telling you, neat. Every, every one of those teams are underdogs the next week. So is it truly that shocking that they get beat after they go on social media? No, no, I'm not shocked at all. But the, I'm, I, I want them to start realizing, look at the Ravens. As you guys pointed out, they're in the underdog spot. Yeah, they on the field were a bit immature, in my opinion, or let their emotions, you know, carry them, I'll say. Um, but yeah, the, now in their press conferences and everything, what are they doing? They're being mature, they're giving respect, and they're getting focused for their game. So, no, I'm not surprised when they lose, but just you got you guys have to – those who are doing it, realize it, stop doing it. Right. But I think I think they're going to lose regardless. For sure. So. For sure. It was their Super Bowl, so they might as well celebrate. Hmm. Coach Miller. But I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. <laughs> they're professionals win with class. Yeah, uh, I don't really care either way about that stuff. I like Thank I you. like all the banter. I love it. Yeah, um, I like it too. From last the game fans perspective. Last game. Yeah, last game. Oh man, this is heavyweight bout, Dominique. Ding ding ding. No <laughs> doubter, man. Oh, I'm. Man, I love these games this week, and I can't wait for this last one. Steven, take it away. The Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. You know what they say. It's hard, dang near impossible beat a to beat team a really three good times. team three times in one season. So I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a dog fight. This is going to be a dog fight. Tom Brady against what very well might be Drew Brees' last game. Do we agree on that? It could be. I think it is. Uh-oh, you've just given it away. They're going to. I I I think it's going to be his last game, man. So I I, I think he's going to leave it all out on the field, give the Saints the absolute best shot at winning. But I think Tom Brady makes a couple more plays than he does, and, and he's able to win it for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who continue this. Cinderella ride that they're on um, since acquiring Tom Brady. These guys haven't seen success since the early 2000s. So I, I think they continue to roll. 
and I'm going to say it's going to be a 31 to 27 victory for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Love this game. I'll go ahead, Dominique, since I gave away my pick. I got the Buccaneers as well. The interesting thing is the whole notion of a team beating another team three times in a season. It's actually um, more common for the team to win three times. It's only happened seven times, I think, since 2002. There was a stat I read on it. And the team that won the first two times are five and two straight up against that team. So five and two, five times out of seven, that team actually wins a third time. Now, I think my Steelers were a part of that two times with the Ravens. Yes, and we beat them in the AFC Championship game, and that was our third time. So we we beat the Ravens three times in a season, so I do remember that. I can't remember the others, but I'm just thinking – Usually those teams that win the first two times, I mean, in, in your division as a divisional foe too, it, it means you're probably just better than them. But I think Tampa was just going through so much just the whole season. They had that late bye week. Uh, they started their first game against the Saints. You know, they kind of had like a Cleveland-Pittsburgh situation where the Saints just jumped on them. So I don't think there's really a fair shot, you know, like a close game and, and, and duke it out when both of the teams know who they are and everything. Devin White, man, I love Devin White. He's my favorite linebacker in the NFL. And I, he's, on, he's only 22 years old. I got so – I found that out last night. I got so excited about that. That means there's literally like five to six years of just Devin White just dominating. Um, I, I am. I can't. I love that guy, man. That dude is. I think he's the best linebacker in football. Um, so I'm excited. He's back. The front seven's gonna gonna shut down the run against the Saints, and they're gonna pressure Drew Brees. That secondary though for the Buccaneers, man. That's where I, I think there's gonna be some points in this one. The Buccaneers secondary, they're just, they're not disciplined. They're not good, and they're not disciplined. They let guys run free. I'm kind of nervous. I think Drew Brees has a chance to, you know, lead a game-winning touchdown or something like that. And then also on the other side, uh, the Buccaneers, Ronald Jones is a game-time decision again. I don't like Leonard Fournette this year. He's not running running like he's not trying to get hurt and like preserve his body it's very strange it's not like the Jacksonville Leonard Fournette his first two years three years maybe because he was injury prone maybe that's why he is changing his running style I have no idea but then the left guard so then they got a backup guard against a really good defensive line and Brady doesn't do well with pressure up the middle so I don't know. I, I kind of feel like logically I should pick the Saints in this one, but I can't go against Brady a third time, man. A third time with Brady, and he's gelling with his offense, and man, they look good. I can't go against Brady. I'm going to go 28 23 Buccaneers over the Saints. Well, I'm not going to add any suspense. We're going three for three here. I'm also going. Wow. Okay. I'm going with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, however, I will talk about some of the things we did talk about. One thing I'm trying to analyze the game. I've I've known that I wanted to take the Bucks all week, and I felt pretty confident about it. I'm trying to figure out what kind of a game is it going to be, though. Is it going to be a a back and forth in the first half, and then you know the Bucks pull away? I don't. I think it's going to be this kind of a game. I think the Bucks come out fast, playing well, grab a lead at halftime, and then have to hold on to it. And then the Saints, you know, make a valiant effort to come back. And I have Tampa Bay winning 30-22, to 22, over-unders right at 52. Um, but yeah, I like Tampa Bay to come out with juice, okay? I disagree with you. I think Fournette playing in his hometown is going to energize him. I think I don't know if I'm ready to give him MVP of the game, but I expect to see a stat-filled game from him. Um, 
I kind of felt like it would happen week one. I was completely wrong week one. I had a whole bunch of things I was thinking about. But I think this helps Tampa Bay. The fact that obviously in their division they had to play at New Orleans before. So I'm thinking that we're seeing a uh, we're going to see a different outcome. A juiced up Tampa Bay team in New Orleans. A juiced up Leonard Fournette. Uh, I'm interested to see. I don't think Mike Evans will have. I, th- I think he only had one catch for two yards, and a, it was a touchdown in that Week One matchup. I'm not expecting him to be much of a factor, but AB or Godwin, I really like what AB's been doing. Um, Me too. But uh, yeah, I'm going with Leonard Fournette. Actually, I'm, I'm going to make the bold prediction that Leonard Fournette is the MVP in his hometown, um, in the divisional round of the playoffs, and Tampa Bay rides on into the NFC championship i kind of want to go into next week a little bit um but uh should we prematurely touch on it? i don't know we we have to anyway we've, we've made our picks so we have to at least go over what our championship games are i'll yeah I'll, uh well, well we'll talk about it next week we'll talk about if, if it doesn't happen we'll talk about what we thought would have happened how about all that? right can we take a quick poll quick poll on whether or not Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans will get into a fight. <laughs> fight? <laughs> I think it's a given. Yeah, I think it's a given, too. I'm, I'm going to say no. <laughs> uh, nah, it's going to happen. 30 to um, so you, So, yeah, I, I have, I think Steven and I have the same picks. I got Baltimore going to Kansas City next week and then Green Bay hosting the Buccaneers. Uh, yeah. Dominique, I have yeah, I have uh, Green Bay hosting Tampa Bay, but I have um, Buffalo Bills Mafia. Buffalo, Buffalo. <laughs> I have them going to Arrowhead. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited, fellas. Well, it's it's another great podcast. I can't wait to get this up. Thanks for all the listeners. Like uh, Dominique kicked off the show, he, he didn't even say it, but before we jumped on, this is going to be a big year for us. We got a lot of stuff planned. Yep. Can't wait for the draft. Can't wait for July and August. That's when we're going to be pumping out some content for fantasy football. Uh, really big things coming. Uh, can't wait. Any, any of you guys have anything to finish off the show with? Just want to say thank you guys for having me again. You guys are really working on something special here. And um, I'm excited to see you guys continue to grow this podcast. It's really special. Thanks to all the listeners. As they said, 2021, we're leveling up. It's going to be special. And uh, everybody that's along for this ride, we appreciate your support. We love you guys. Let's have some fun watching these games. All right. We'll see everybody next week. Peace.